In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. On this feast of the ascension of our beloved Lord Jesus Christ into heaven, it is fitting that we examine the location from which our Lord ascended into heaven to learn a lesson about this great mystery, this article of our faith, the ascension of our Lord. We read that our Lord ascended into heaven from the Mount of Olives. And this is significant because we know that our Lord began his passion from this same Mount of Olives. And therefore, the Lord provides us with a key to understanding our sufferings and our crosses in this valley of tears. All glory, all true lasting glory and happiness must begin with the cross. But the cross, when it is carried with love, with patience, with resignation, and in union with Christ, will always lead to the glory of heaven. Therefore, our Lord begins his passion from the Mount of Olives, and then he completes, in a certain sense, the work of the redemption of humanity from that same mount. Um, Our Lord died in order to save us, but salvation must be understood in a greater sense than simply keeping us from falling into eternal damnation. God created us for himself. He created humanity for an existence which transcends this world, this world which is passing. This temporal, material world is not the end for which man was created, but eternal life with the Father in heaven. And this eternal life is something concrete and real, too. It certainly transcends this reality we live in now. But our Lord showed during the 40 days he appeared to his apostles the characteristics of the risen body, of immortality, of impassibility, of agility, and of clarity. These four characteristics of the risen body of Christ will also be shared by his elect when they rise at the last day. But it's not only to enjoy these traits, this immortality, this ease of movement and beauty of the body and subtlety, that uh, it's not only to enjoy that in this world that our Lord died on the cross. It's in order to bring us to eternal glory in heaven, to the abode of the angels, something which is infinitely higher than our created material natures. The reward which our Lord promises to us infinitely transcends anything that our heart or our mind could imagine or desire. As St. Paul says, I have not seen nor has ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for they that love him. So today's feast should inspire us with great hope, with great hope amidst the darkness and the difficulties that we all experience, especially once again, I understand that on a great feast like the Ascension, it's very painful for you to be not physically present at Mass. But our Lord is our high priest in heaven. The Holy Mass has so much power because Christ is the one high priest who makes intercession for us with the Father. This is why the priesthood of Christ is such a great mystery. The priest, the ministerial priesthood of Christ's ministers is one and the same with his own priesthood. This is why the epistle to the Hebrews is such a rich and deep meditation on the priestly service. This is why we don't have many priests in the new covenant we have one and that one priest acts through the instrumentality of his servants the unworthy servants though they may be of bishops and priests that he ordains that he calls to share in his one unique priesthood 
Christ is the one high priest, and he is the one high victim. And at every holy mass, we enter into the divine liturgy that takes place continuously in heaven, where Christ the high priest offers his wounds, his body, blood, soul, and divinity to the Father on behalf of humanity. For each and every sin that you and I commit each day, Christ is in heaven on high, making intercession for us by name to the, to the Father. And when we go to Mass, it's like a portal that allows us to cross over and enter into heaven. And uniting yourselves through this live stream is certainly not the ideal. Christ didn't institute FaceTime or Facebook as a means of communicating the Mass. But he is not bound by time and space, and he knows your hearts and your desires. And so if you unite yourself to Christ in heaven, he will hear your prayers, he reads your hearts, and he sees the thirst that you have to receive him in the most holy sacrament of the altar. And this is what constitutes a spiritual communion. I'm well aware that this is not a permanent solution, and we are looking forward to the day when we can resume Mass, which is on June 1st, as you know, with limitations, I understand, but we have to be grateful for the little steps we're taking to resume worship as Christ intended it. Christ said, I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. This, again, is a lesson about the very intimate connection between suffering and glory. Christ was first lifted up when he was lifted up on the cross, but that lifting up was to come to an end. But his lifting up, which will never end, is the lifting up of the ascension into heaven, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father in his humanity. This should give us hope. Christ is the first fruits of they that sleep. He is the model of our own resurrection and of our own glorification with God in heaven. And Christ sits forever on high with the Father in order to show us to prepare a place for us. He says, I go away to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, there you also may be. Christ also links his ascension to the promise of the Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who he promised infallibly would abide with us and be with us forever to keep us in all truth. This promise was made to his holy Catholic and apostolic church, his bride for which he died, which was born from the open heart to the open side of the new Adam on the cross. We should take great consolation in today's feast amidst the, the many woes and the many sufferings and darknesses and trials and temptations that the church and the world undergo, knowing that we have this great high priest in heaven to make intercession for us. But we should follow, if we wish to follow him to heaven, we have to begin at the Mount of Olives in the first step, the step which consisted in suffering, in agony. The agony leads to the ecstasy. The agony of the Garden of Gethsemane leads to the ecstasy of the ascension from the Garden of Gethsemane. Let us adore our beloved Lord on this day, who is seated at the right hand of God, and be full of sentiments of profound, profound gratitude and thanksgiving for all that he has done for us in giving his life for us and giving us the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who will come to us at Pentecost. Let us spend these next days preparing our hearts to receive him at Pentecost. We have, of course, the church has already received the Holy Spirit once and for all at the first Pentecost. 
But we know that in every sacrament we receive, there is an increase of grace, the sanctifying grace which comes to us from the Holy Spirit. We know that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit can be increased in our heart by his grace. And therefore, let us rejoice that we'll be able on June 1st to come back to Mass. And if we can't go to Mass, we can certainly receive Holy Communion because Canon Avis plans to make communion very available because we can have as many communion services as we need uh, after the Masses to accommodate all who approach us. But we can receive this Holy Ghost, this great paraclete, who is willing and able to bestow infinite treasures of grace upon us if we prepare our hearts for him. We received him first at baptism, then again at confirmation if we've been confirmed. And of course, with every good action, we receive an increase of his grace, his friendship, his love, and his life in our hearts. Let us prepare well during these nine days that now separate us from the Feast of Pentecost, keeping our eyes fixed in heaven. The angels said, ye men of Galilee, why do you stand there looking up to heaven? Well, there's a reason we look up to heaven. The angels aren't discouraging us to keep our eyes fixed on our ultimate destination, to keep our eyes fixed on the source of our help. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth, and our eyes should be fixed on the mountain of heaven. The psalm says, to thee I have lifted up my eyes who dwelleth in heaven. So amidst all of our troubles and trials, let us keep our hearts and our eyes and our minds fixed there where our treasure cannot fade and where we have our most beloved Savior and friend, Jesus Christ, to intercede for us with the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.